This is the Less Doing Podcast with your host, Ari Mysel. Learn how to optimize, automate, and outsource and be more effective at everything. Today we're talking with Dave Asprey of the Bulletproof Exec. I'm really excited to talk to Dave because he's sort of a, a biohacking idol of mine. Um, so it's a real pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks, Dave. All right, I'm really glad to be on your show. Thank you. So uh, right away, let's just tell people how, what is the Bulletproof Executive and how did it come around? The Bulletproof Executive is my blog about how to increase human performance and how to increase human resiliency and how to do it in the least possible amount of time and effort. It came about because of my own personal sort of struggle with health. I used to weigh 300 pounds. I weigh about 200 pounds now. And unlike you know, some of the – I lost this weight last year, guys. I did this in the, the mid to late 90s and I've spent time since then – literally hacking my brain and understanding pretty deep levels of how you know what the human body is capable of and how you can improve your performance not the idea oh i'll lose you know, half a pound a month by starving myself for two years but sort of like how do i just drop 20 pounds this month without losing mental focus and without feeling starving and cold all the time and how do i double my working memory and how do i raise my iq by at least 10 points things like that it's all doable the technology is there and i'm fortunate that i i was in a position where i made six million dollars when i was 26 and uh, I spent a quarter million dollars upgrading myself. I decided I would write about it and share it with people, mostly just to help people. Well, yeah, and that's, I, I know that you've helped a lot of people. I know that uh, your stuff has inspired me personally in a lot of ways. So that's, uh, that's, a, that's a good uh, intro to it. So now you have uh, obviously you've created the Bulletproof Diet, uh, and you call it Upgraded Paleo. But so how, I mean, how, what is like the crux of the diet? How does it really differ from Paleo? Well, it turns out the Bulletproof Diet came about before there was such a thing as paleo. And when I put together the infographic for the diet, which took quite a long time, I'd spent about six weeks with Andrew, my business partner, saying, how do we put you know these thousand or so references that we put together for my book that's coming out later this year? How do we put these into one thing that people can just understand? So we put it all down, and I said, "Hey, you know, this looks mostly paleo um, when you when you lay it out like this." But the differences are that there are toxins that the paleo community in the last couple of years has has come to talk about more and more. But there are other toxins that my diet recommends you avoid, and particularly biogenic amines, things like histamine, which is very common in food, particularly in coffee and chocolate and cheese. Histamine, as you would know, you know, antihistamines are what you take if you have an allergy attack. Eating more histamine is not a good idea. So we structure the diet to help you avoid histamines. We do the same thing with mycotoxins, which is a major health issue, especially for long-term and anti-aging issues. So what I've done is I've said, here are all the likely things that are making you feel bad or sucking your performance. Why don't you get rid of all of them at once? And then you can add them back in a little bit. What most people, including a lot of the paleo community, will do is they'll say, well, we know gluten is bad and omega-6 oils are bad. Let's pull those out. But they try to do single variable experiments 
the problem is if there's 10 things that make you feel bad and tired in the afternoon and you take them away one at a time and add them back at the other ones back in, you'll never find the problem. This has been part of my path. You have to do multivariable experiments if you want to fix your diet so you'll be highest performance. I just found all the variables that are the most likely to cause problems, pulled them out of the diet and said, if you want to feel perfectly clean, eat here on the green side of the diet. Yeah. So, I mean, about, you know, optimizing performance, you keep talking about optimizing performance, which is great. You know, whereas a lot of diets obviously are about looking better or, well, looking better is a lot of them, um, not necessarily feeling better or actually doing better. So optimizing performance is a great one. And in that vein, then, so since optimizing performance is such a, you know, a, a, a big focus of yours, how do you respond to an injury or an illness personally or with your kids maybe or your family, you know, anybody? Like how, what is your initial response normally? Well, it depends obviously on the nature of the injury or the illness, but I am sick so much less now than I used to be. I went for about 15 years where I would take antibiotics mostly every month, and that was because I kept getting chronic sinus infections or strep throat. They just it wouldn't go away. It would go away, it'd come back, it'd go away and come back. And so from the history of being obese, being diagnosed with arthritis in my knees when I was 14, uh, and asthma and allergies and rashes and uh, all sorts of things like that to the point where I am now where I, I fly about 100 times a year for my job as a, a global technology evangelist. And to be able to do that and you know, get off a 20-hour flight, get on stage, present, and not get sick, to me, it was unthinkable uh, 12 years ago. So the immune effects of having the right supplements and having the right foods are profound. But if we do get sick, what do we do? The very first thing, surprisingly, is activated charcoal. This is a 10,000-year-old Ayurvedic and natural healing remedy. It's available at any vitamin store or most grocery stores even. And what that stuff is, is coconut shell that's been burned and they snuff it out before it's done burning. It creates enormous amounts of surface area and it has a strong negative charge. When you take it in the gut, it attracts positively charged toxins from throughout your body. They stick to the charcoal and then you eliminate it. The reason you feel bad when you get some sort of a gut thing or some sort of a cold or flu is that there's a huge amount of something called endotoxin. These are toxins that are produced inside your body. Well, if you help to absorb those using activated charcoal and excrete it, you feel much better. So things like nausea, headaches, those are dramatically reduced. That, that's really interesting. So, do you, I mean, you take that in pill form, I assume? You know, sometimes if I'm traveling at home, I just have 10 pounds of, of acid-washed coconuts, charcoal, and uh, I just take a tablespoon of it in a glass of water, swish it up, it turns black. It's the same thing they use in the emergency room. If you uh, were to go in with poisoning, they would pump that into your stomach to absorb the poison. It oh. turns out... You have poison in your body all the time, varying levels, but if you help your body to get rid of that poison, you'll feel better faster. Of course. Now, so that's, you mentioned headaches, so that's interesting. So like somebody, for instance, who suffers from migraines, could, could they take that as like a regular supplement? They could, and they may benefit greatly. It depends on what's causing the migraine. Migraines are, are more work, and oftentimes it might be triggered by a toxin, and if you catch that toxin, say, by taking the charcoal with a food, you might be okay. But if it's something like glutamate toxicity, 
where you've got uh, you know basically stuff going on inside your head or more likely blood flow issues, there are much better ways to deal with migraines. One of my favorites is HEG feedback. And what that is is a headband. I've actually got one sitting on my desk right here. This headband shines a bright light into your skull and looks to see how many red blood cells bounce that light back. Based on that, you get a signal that shows on your computer screen. Then you can say, hmm, I would like to increase the blood flow in the front of my brain, which has the effect of reducing or eliminating migraine. It also increases your ability to pay attention. It raises your TOVA score, which is how we measure your ability to pay attention. So that's a neat biohack. If you have a migraine, you might be able to teach yourself to not have it. But whether or not you have that migraine, you still can increase your ability to focus. That's classic biohacking. And what... What would you do to increase that blood flow, for instance? Well, it's kind of like if I asked you, what do you do to balance on a bicycle? You would say, well, you sort of like shift around until you don't fall over. <laughs> so, <laughs> Okay. You, it, you look at your computer screen where you get the biofeedback signal and you figure out whatever it is inside your head you do that makes the blood come to the front of your brain. It's a little different for, for people, but we don't have – a word in the English language for make blood come to prefrontal cortex, <laughs> but that's what you do. And it's very hard to do it if you're sitting in a chair like, like you are right now with no signal. You may have blood coming to the front of your brain. It may be going, but you really wouldn't know. So it's hard for you to positively reinforce that. But with all these new fun biohacking toys that are out there and the relatively cheap sensors and fast computers, your computer can tell you when you're doing it right. So instead of spending 20 years trying to figure out how to do it, which is the traditional meditation path, you can spend 20 minutes and say, oh, look, I just increased the blood flow to the front of my brain by 20% in 20 minutes. Gotcha. That's really cool. Um, so now, taking off on, on that, the HEG test, um, what's, you know, so even basic Biohackers or people with you know illnesses know what a CBC test is, and they you know they know some of the basic blood work that you can do, and maybe they know about a CAT scan or, or things like that. But what's and I know this is kind of a hard question because there's so many different things. But what's one test that you know or a diagnostic test that everyone should try or do that most people might not even know about? Hmm, a diagnostic test. Yeah, <laughs> aging and wellness. Is that what you're asking for? Yeah. Uh, yes. Right. The, you know, like it, it, for instance, if you, I mean, if you ask me like something that, that most people should be taking as far as supplements, I would say generally a lot of people should take probiotics because they're probably not getting enough. Um, but as what, what, you know, with all the testing that you've done, I've done all sorts of things and, and you know, I know you've done more than me. What's the one that was like, kind of like, wow. I mean, I'm sure there are many actually too, but one that you would recommend to general public that they should find out about themselves. Well, I think, I think that if you've never done it, getting a hormone panel is a really good idea, especially if you are 30 or under. You need to know it no matter where you are, but not where you are in age. But if you know your hormone levels in your 20s or up to when you're 30, you know sort of your baseline. And after 30, your hormones start to drift. And this is true for, for both sexes. If you know where they were, you can always supplement in order to bring your hormones back to youthful levels. If you don't know where they were, you have to guess. And 
knowing if your hormones are off when you're 35 or when you're 25 is extremely valuable. I, for instance, in my mid-20s, started seeing an anti-aging physician named uh, Dr. Miller, uh, who runs antiaging.com. And we figured out that I was, given my history of obesity, I was over-aromatizing. So I was converting my testosterone into estrogen. All people do that. Some people, especially people who are obese or have been obese, they do it really, really well. So I was walking around with a ton of estrogen and not enough functioning testosterone. So we came up with a strategy to block that and to supplement my testosterone with a bioidentical form, which had a profound effect on my health and wellness. I, you know, I, I wasn't shooting up testosterone. I was using a small amount of lotion in my armpit you know, once a day. So very small changes, but very big results. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I think that's a really good suggestion that you know, obviously hormones affect so many aspects of our lives. So that's, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, Switching back to the diet for a sec. What, before, what, before we switch. Uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. It's one more part of the answer I, I, I really should mention. I'm working with a company called Wellness FX. I'm on their advisory board. But I've been using their lab testing because they've got the quantified self sort of trending over time interface down to a T. They send someone to your office or to your home and they draw blood for you there. And then they basically give you a web panel where you can see all of your things. So they've consolidated the most common tests like your cardio, uh, your lipid profiles, your kidney function, your liver function, and a bunch of other stuff. And it's just in a good panel. So that's kind of how I'm tracking my stuff now. Yeah, actually, that's an excellent point to mention. Um, so I'm based in New York, and uh, Wellness FX is not available here yet, but I'm on their waiting list, which they're supposed to be out here soon. Um, I use a company on this side of the country called uh, Inside Tracker, which is similar. But uh, regardless, I'm, as soon as Wellness FX is available to me, I'm going to do it. And I, I certainly recommend that a lot of people get that kind of testing just to, to know themselves a little bit. Uh, so what I was going to say for the diet, because um, I – I, I would say that my diet is pretty much, you know, it's, it's pretty much bulletproof. Um, I have some tweaks to mine based on my Crohn's disease and stuff, but it's generally kind of high fat, low carb, and clean foods. But one of the things that I miss a lot, and not that I can't get it, but one of the things that I miss is crunchy things. You know, I miss that textural aspect. So, what's your kind of favorite crunchy thing? I mean, actually, I love kale chips, but that's just one thing. So, what's What's your favorite crunchy thing that's in your diet? There's things like celery, which is crunchy, but are you talking like like a chip sort of thing? Yeah, something that you know gives you that textural enjoyment of crunchiness that a lot of people like. Yeah, that is a tough one to do. You have nuts, but they aren't quite as crunchy. And I'm trying to think here. What would I do that was particularly crunchy? I'll eat Mary's Gone Crackers, which frankly aren't perfectly bulletproof because uh, they have some quinoa in them and some flax, both of which I'm gen- I'm generally opposed to. But if you're going to have you know five or six crackers, those are the least toxic crackers I've been able to find because they don't have any omega six baked oils or anything like that, and they've they're reliably low in in biogenic amines. So I I, I would consider those to be like yellow on the bulletproof diet. Not green, as in you know you can have as much as you want, not gain weight from it. But uh, they're they're probably what I would do. 
That's a great suggestion. Actually, we have those in our drawer, which is funny. Um, and then I, I know the answer before I ask you, but I want this on the interview. What, what's your favorite thing for dessert? You know, that has to be bulletproof. Get some ice cream. And get some ice cream is a recipe that I developed when uh, I was helping my wife recover from PCOS so we could have uh, two kids. And we had both of our kids, one at 39, one at 42. And so pretty much late in life. In order to do that, I created this ice cream recipe that has nine egg yolks in it. And I think I, I backed off to maybe six in the recipe that I posted. But it's an extremely high-fat, high-healthy-fat ice cream. And it has this amazing effect. And the recipe's on on the website. It, the amazing effect is that about an hour after you eat the ice cream, your body gets an epigenetic signal that says – Hmm. I'm in an environment where there's so much choline, so much healthy fat that it's time to reproduce. <laughs> so you eat the ice cream an hour later, you just find yourself walking to the bedroom and people sort of laugh and they say, yeah, right. You know, that's, that's, you know, a scam. I'm like, A, I'm not selling anything. It's a free recipe <laughs> and B, just try it. It actually works. Okay. That's a fair one. I actually thought you were going to go with dark chocolate, but the, uh, the, the get some ice cream is definitely a good one. There's no reason that those are mutually exclusive. <laughs> in fact, uh, I oftentimes put dark chocolate into the Bulletproof ice cream. And chocolate's been an issue. I, I love dark chocolate. I eat dark chocolate sometimes not even as a dessert, just as a snack. Uh, something 80% plus chocolate is is frankly a health food. The only issue is that a lot of chocolate is fermented. And when it's fermented, the protein that's in cocoa turns into histamine. And there's also a major mold problem depending on the quality of the chocolate, where it's grown and how it's processed. It's very similar to coffee. So what I've done over the last while is I've sort of triangulated on you know which brands are usually low toxin and less inflammatory. And lint, the relatively affordable chocolate that comes from Europe but follows European standards is the one that I pick preferentially. Even over some of the very high-end organic, you know, fair trade kind of kind of cocos, I found the quality level on those is highly variable. And there are times when that chocolate will give people a headache or sore joints, but or they just feel cranky and jittery. But lint is it's not always perfect, but it's at least pretty good most of the time. I also have uh, upgraded chocolate, which is uh, coming out in about 30 days. This is a raw chocolate powder that I've had formulated to be the lowest in mycotoxins and biogenic amines, as low as possible. So I do the same thing with my coffee, where you go through and you look at, well, where did we go wrong during the production process when we were trying to save money instead of trying to optimize health and wellness and flavor? So it's, it's stuff that's processed the way it used to be processed oftentimes using uh, the best variables we have like altitude or bug infestation or regional variations or types of processing in order to arrive at a product that has a different biochemical effect on your brain than what you typically expect in a Hershey bar. Yeah, well, I can't wait for that. Uh, I mean, I, I'm, I've tweeted and written about it many times that I'm a huge fan of Bulletproof Coffee and the Bulletproof Whey Power, so, Powder, so I definitely cannot wait for the Bulletproof Chocolate. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what you do for exercise? 
Um, exercise. I've heard of that. Uh, <laughs> I do on average, unless I'm running uh, some sort of strange experiment, which is often. Uh, my typical go-to exercise is a whole body vibration plate called the Bulletproof Vibe. And I've been doing whole body vibration for about five or six years. This is the grown-up version of the shake weight, which is about as dorky sounding as you can you can imagine. Um, this is a platform that's about maybe two feet by two feet. You stand on it, and it vibrates up and down, only up and down, not side to side, 30 times a second. And when you do that, just standing on it, it creates the piezoelectric signal in your bones that says you should be really solid. So it helps you to have good bone density. It circulates the lymph fluid in your body. This is the fluid that is not in your blood, but it's between your cells, and it's how your body eliminates a lot of waste. One of the reasons that you see people say, you have to move, you have to move, it's so good for you, is because the, the motion of walking and moving around circulates the lymph fluid. Your blood vessels have a mechanism to squeeze themselves to make things, uh, to make basically blood flow. Your lymph system does not have that. So to get proper lymphatic drainage, you need either to vibrate or you need to walk around a lot. You also send a signal to your muscles that says, oh, I'm doing an exercise 30 times a second. And it's pretty amazing. If you sit and hold a dumbbell on this plate for 15 minutes, your arms get really big and solid and you tend to also like your skin tightens up. And as a guy who used to weigh 300 pounds, um, that used to matter to me. I mean, I used to have loose skin from losing 100 pounds. I don't have loose skin anymore. Still have some stretch marks from when I was really obese, but no uh, no like sagging stomach skin or anything like that. So that, that's my, my main way of doing it. I'm testing electrical stimulation exercise right now, which is what we'll be using for the Bulletproof Conference in September. And, and that is 500 times a second sends a, a very direct signal to your brain that says you better create this functional movement exactly right. We have this notion in, in training that you, know, you need to do something 10,000 times for you to wire it into your brain. It takes a long time to do you know, a perfect squat 10,000 times. It doesn't take a long time to do a perfect squat 10,000 times when your brain thinks you're doing it 500 times a second. And that's the kind of get more done in less time uh, that you want to do. Like I'm, I'm rehabilitating a 17-year-old shoulder injury that I thought was completely rehabilitated with an electrical current. I can feel where my muscles are locking and I'm teaching my brain to go through that and to stop protecting a joint that doesn't need protection anymore. So there are some things like that. Functional movement I love where you teach the body to move properly. It just takes forever. So we're hacking that. And uh, I'm doing that in conjunction with a world champion power lifter who trains pro athletes for a living. So we're going to actually have that as the main, the mainstay hands-on biohacking at the Bulletproof Conference. That sounds awesome, Mike. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun, honestly. Um, super, super fun, yeah. So now um, kind of like the last just big question at the end here is, can you just tell us your three biggest personal productivity tips, like your what you live by or you know what you've come to realize is just the most effective thing for you? One of the things is is to recognize what what motivates you. Is it alone time or is it time with people? And to schedule what you're doing with the right things. I being a guy, 
I tend to, and most guys are like this, uh, you tend to need some time, quote, in your cave, to quote John Gray, uh, you know, the men are from Mars, women are from Venus guy, I think has written pretty well about that. So if you don't have a space to go and sort of be in your cave, and I, maybe that's your garage. For me, I, I have an office in a cabin that's away from the house, but I go there after dinner sometimes, after the kids are asleep, you know, and I focus and I write and, you know, I, I do work for my, my day job, frankly, sometimes in the evening, just because it's calm. And if you if you don't have that, it doesn't you're not going to be that effective unless you're the kind of person who just has to be around people in order to get stuff done, in which case you need to have your coffee shop. I, I like both, but I choose the kind of work that I do based on the environment I'm in. And if you're not aware of that, that's I think going to be a limiting factor for you. The second thing is that you have to get control of your autonomic nervous system. This is pretty pretty amazing to a lot of people, but your fight or flight response gets triggered a full half a second before your brain is engaged to think about something. And this is why if someone jumps out behind a car and says, boo, you will jump up in the air. Like it's a protective response for your body. What you can do is something called heart rate variability training using the HeartMath M-Wave 2. Uh, I am a certified trainer. I use it in my um, executive coaching practice. And you spend about 10, 15 minutes a day breathing in and breathing out the way this little machine tells you to. It's you know, smaller than an iPhone. And you make the light on the machine turn green. And the way you do that is by learning the physiological switch that turns off your fight or flight response consciously. When you do that, your ability to sleep, your ability to sit in a stressful meeting without being stressed, and your resilience across every domain of your life goes up dramatically. So you get the switch to turn off stress and turn on happy, and it becomes a conscious act that you're no longer a victim of whatever's happening with your emotions. You're able to use your logical brain to say, wow, I'm feeling really stressed right now. Let me turn that off. And it's not that you ignore your stress or suppress your stress. It's that you change the way your heart beats so that it's not in a stressful mode anymore and your body calms down. When your body calms down, your mind calms down. You, you need to learn to do that to be what you can be. The final thing is eat the Bulletproof diet or at least paleo. And the reason for that is that if you are eating gluten and omega-6 oils and many of the other toxins that are just sprinkled in our food supply these days – you're completely robbing yourself of the performance benefits that really you – that are yours. They're there. They're part of what your brain and your body can do. But if you're feeding your body crap, you're just not going to be kind to the people around you. You're not going to make good decisions and you're not going to be the person that you're capable of being. So good quality food is fundamental to helping your brain work the way it can. Those are absolutely wonderful, perfect tips, exactly the kind of thing I was looking for. So, again, I, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to do this interview with me. Um, I, if everybody can find out more about Dave, it's bulletproofexec.com. But, but, Dave, is there something in particular that you want people to check out that you're working on right now? Uh, you know, I would love it if people uh, drop by the site and just uh, you know look, look at the diet. We've got uh, Bulletproof Coffee, the upgraded coffee, which is – 
one of my my big passions is making coffee that makes you feel good, that doesn't give you jitters in a crash. If you enjoyed this podcast and you'd like to support the blog, uh, I've never made a nickel off of the Bulletproof blog, but there are five people who work uh, for work for me to keep the blog running and doing what it does. So if if you like what's there, I always appreciate it when people uh, get some coffee. I promise you that you will feel a difference in how you feel after you drink it. That's that's how it works. Yeah, I can I can definitely second. So um, again, thanks uh, a, a million times, uh, Dave, and uh, I hope to see you in a biohacking setting soon. Sounds like sounds like a plan. Call anytime, Ari. Thank you.